Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor burn free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com. What you gonna do now? You got nothing. 
Jay for Jules. Oh, yeah, Jay for Jules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, even today, I still play some of the songs from... We did a CD in 2001. Yes. And I still play some of the songs live from that. Cause I, Why did that take so long, from 91 to 2001? That's a um, long... Per- that's a personnel long. And, and, you know, getting cash together. And it's, I guess I take a long time. I, yeah. I want to do things the right way. So, we, okay, but find a good studio that's within our budget. Make sure that we have the arrangements of the songs done the right way, and you know, just have the production. But in the '90s, you played like cargo bars, live yeah, houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so did, did a few tours with Jacob Jules. Well, just playing local local bars. It was enough work in town to play, in. and also at the time I was slowly getting into my IT career. Right, <laughs> and that time it was the future, right? Right, sure, sure. Anybody could get in. It was a gold rush. Yeah, I worked for Honeywell for three years. And also playing in the band, uh, and was assigned to do desk side support IT work for uh, the local power company. Honeywell had a contract with the power company. I worked there. Then some other friends broke away and formed their own consulting company. And I was like, oh, you know, go go '90s! <laughs> this guy's uh, family is who started the company is rich. I'm getting on the ground floor of this company. I'm going to work really hard for them. Mm. And when this takes off, you know, easy street. <laughs> you know, and I won't have to work hard the rest of my life. <laughs> well, then it turns out a little bit of mismanagement, not on his part, but I think he kind of got a little disinterested. And then the people he said it's middle management didn't, it didn't really work out. Right. And it, we weren't getting a lot of contracts. So, oddly enough, I left the power company working for Honeywell I went to work for this consulting company. The consulting company got a contract back with the power company, so I went back to where I was. <laughs> so I was, I was working in, in fossil fuel power plants. I was oh, working wow. in offices. And, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see. that we, um, They had a, a plant in the downtown area of the city that had opened in 1905, and it was amazing to walk around this place because... They'd modernized, and some of the sections were closed off, but you could still see, like, you know, it looked like something out of the 1930s Frankenstein movie with these big power switches yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, it was very, very cool to be around that stuff. So, so saying here, you released a, the album in 2001? Mm-hmm. Nouveau. Oh, Nouveau. Yeah, Nouveau, Nouveau, Child. Nouveau. Yeah, I was kind of doing a... a we, we had a song called Nouveau Child, but it didn't make the album. Right. <laughs> but uh, we liked that title. We wanted to have the album to be sort of like kid, future kid and robot themed. Hmm. So we found a couple of stock photos of kids and robots, and that was sort of the theme of the whole CD cover, pa- cover package. And we even you know, cleverly put the song titles in um, the, the number listing in binary. All right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, ro- <laughs> robots can read this too. So. Yeah, right. So, is this still available? Uh, yeah, actually, it was so weird when I when I got here. And, you know, now recently everything's on QQ Music. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends, Paul Meredith, had said, "Yeah, oh, he says, yeah, my songs are on QQ Music." I'm like, "Oh, I get it out." And I just kind of, for the heck of it, typed in J for Jewels and uh, one of the titles of the song. And boom! Like, my album is on QQ Music in China. How, wow. is, how is that possible? So yeah, it is. J for Jules, Nouveau Child is available on QQ Music in China. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. During this time, I don't know if you're personal, but yeah. did, did you get married? Did you have children? No, no, I'm, I'm, I've been you know, dating on and off with people, but single. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no oh, during this time? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You meet somebody, you date them, break up. It's, yeah. okay. Nothing long-lasting. Bit of a bad, like, band splits up after, uh, just after the release. Yeah, just a little bit after the release. I think we, we kind of... Had enough? Or? Yeah, we were trying to push it and get it to go and just... It, it was also pre-internet, so you couldn't really push stuff out online. Mm. You kind of had to do all the footwork yourself, yeah, and, the touring, and get and get it out in front of people. And yes. everybody in the band had steady jobs, so nobody really wanted to do right. it. So it's kind of kind of petered out a little bit. Mm. Three years later, yeah, no more IT job either. No, I was <laughs> consulting for the power company. The power company actually was bought out by. Uh, a company from California, and so the the local the local Northern Illinois Power Company, Commonwealth Edison, sold everything except the wires to this company in California. They sold them all the power plants. You can generate, but we've got the way to get it to the people, so you have to pay us transfer. It's pretty smart. Oh, and also ComEd has five nuclear plants that surround Chicago. Wow. So, so we have, we got plenty of power, um, and then slowly um, they were uh, this company Midwest Generation was tied in with a little bit with Enron with the power dealing and, and Enron Enron was the big energy company uh, out of uh, Texas that uh, was dealing uh, power futures, but was the term cooking the books came from those guys. Uh. This company was tied in with Enron a little bit, buying and selling power. I mean, I'm not an economics or a business-ended person in that regard. Slowly, there was an economic downturn. I think Enron was a little bit after 9-11. So I worked for the consulting company, and then the company Midwest Generation said, hey, you know, we don't want to pay the consulting fees anymore. Would you be interested in working for us? So here I'm going full circle. I worked for ComEd. I worked for a consulting company going back to the power company. And now the power company wants to hire me again. <laughs> so, mm. so I'm like, okay. They were offering me some really amazing benefits and a little more stability because, I, again, seeing the writing on the wall of the IT consulting company, mm. maybe not going to be long for this world. So I was like, yeah, let me join Year and a half later, hey, you know what? Uh, another round of layoffs. It, the funny thing was, during like I started talking about Enron and layoffs. Then part of my duties there was being in charge of the ID cards. Hmm. So on the days that they would have a layoff or a series of layoffs, okay, Mark, sit by your phone. We're going to call you, give you a name, disable their ID. Okay, well, the day they were doing the layoffs, I wasn't getting any calls. I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on? And then somebody came over and tapped me on the shoulder. So, okay, please come with me. And, you know, you show up to work at, you know, 8.30 in the morning. By 10 o'clock, I'm sitting downstairs with my stuff in a box. Wow. <laughs> like, what just happened? So, first thing I do is, like, you know, go to a local bar near my apartment, go have a beer like you do when you're laid off, and try to figure out what to do. This was March, late March of 2005, 2005. Yes. And yeah, that was a, it was an interesting year. I was trying to figure out what to do. One of the cool things was in 2004, I'd come to China for the first time. Oh, yeah. boy. A, a friend that I had met, uh, a Chinese friend, uh, Kirizu, who, uh, who I met at uh, the 
when she worked for the uh, power company from Harbin, grew up in Shanghai. And of course, I would always ask her, hey, you know, what's it like? Mm, yeah. Just a big smile on her face. I can't tell you. Was it some, you know, secret, some yeah. government secret you can't Communist, tell us? She goes, uh, no, I said, you, you wouldn't understand it if I told you. Yeah. I can't, t- I can't explain it to you because you wouldn't, it, it wouldn't register. I'm getting to that stage in my friends and family now as well. Right. Yeah. So then I kept telling her, okay, next time you go, I'm going. I'm going to go and hang out with you and, you know, you can show me around. Hmm. So comes up, she goes, I'm going to take two months. I'm going to go to China. She goes, I'm going to spend a month in Beijing and a month in Shanghai. I said, perfect. I'll come for the last week you're in Beijing and the first week you're in Shanghai. Two weeks. I can see eight days in one city and nine or whatever mm. in another and then go back. And it was also perfect because uh, her husband wanted to go and hang out too and wanted to go be with the family because they had a young daughter too. Right. So I was like, oh, yeah, let's." he and I will fly together and we'll go and do the, the trip back and forth. And uh, What was your first impression in 2005? Well, uh, 2004, it was... Oh, uh, um, we were staying... Uh, since she knew people here, she had a, a, a friend who had a vacant apartment near U Garden. And at that time, it was still Old Town. She had a grandmother who was 98. And wow. so she was going to stay and hang out with Grandma. And she, you know, so I said, yeah, I'll come and hang out. Well, we arrived in the evening, again, after you know what, a 14-hour flight or whatever, exhausted, my first impression was, hey, let's go downstairs and get some breakfast. Like, okay, I've been to Europe. I've been all over the United States. Great, we're going to get some bacon and eggs and some toast and <laughs> a cup of coffee. I come down and it's, it's morning rush hour in U Garden. Right. Bicycles, scooters, cars, buses, yeah. people, kids Welcome. going to school. Welcome to Asia. Complete chaos. I yeah. had... Uh, I, I don't want to, it sounds cliched, but I was literally spinning my head back and forth with my jaw on the ground. Look at this, look at this. There's a woman washing her hair in the, in the, in the sidewalk. And <laughs> this guy's chopping vegetables. There's, there's a carcass of a, a sheep. And I, was, uh, 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 and I think at that point, that's where it kind of is like, I got to figure this out. How did this, this is amazing. I got And then going, doing the touristy things, going to U Garden and going through Old Town, which it's getting slowly torn down here, you know. Yes. Shanghai was a little different than it is now. It wasn't as many shopping malls. Um, The latest tall building that was built was the one that's on Shizang Road, which is the the Yanmao Tower, the one that looks like a rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was like the new tall building. The only ones in Lujadzwe that were there was the Pearl Tower and the the, uh, Jinmao. And they were set in the base for all the other right. Jadzway buildings. Right. Yeah, it was uh, jaw-dropping. That was an amazing thing that I'll never forget. And I'll never forget seeing the Great Wall for the first time. Because yeah. you, know, you only saw it in pictures. And if you remember, Do you remember Jinbei vans? Jinbei was sort of a Chinese copy of a Toyota van. Oh, you know, right. uh, just, you know, eight-seat van. Hmm. Had no suspension. In these things, so every bump that you hit, you could feel it through your kidneys and right. through your stomach. But yeah, it had a big sliding window on the back, and he was going up the side of this hill. And so he says, "Yeah, there's the Great Wall." What? Window goes open. I'm leaning out, I'm like, "Oh my God, look!" Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, again, jaw dropping. Yeah, couldn't believe it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, this, the whole time. And then when I got back to America, I'm sitting, sitting at my IT job, and just mine's like, yeah, you know, Shanghai, China, Shanghai. Just, wow, that was pretty incredible. And again, going back there and trying to explain stories to people. I saw a guy on a three-wheeled bicycle with, you know, 10 cubic metric tons of styrofoam on the back. <laughs> you know, it's like... Well, you're kidding me. You're crazy. No, yeah, this is real. This is real stuff I saw. Still happening. Right. It's happened yesterday. Right, yeah. <laughs> he had styrofoam. He had glass. He had, yeah, right. like, filing cabinets. And all he did was just put, like, a uh, two ropes around it. Yeah, yeah. And, and what happened? It fell off. Oh, of course. And it's like, But, you know, it's just... It's, it's, it's China. Yeah, right, right. And you get to the stage where you get this... Your jaw drops so many times that right. you get to a stage where it's just, yeah, that's that's China. Yeah. That's China. Well, yeah, so I was hanging out with, I believe it was one of her cousins. And what was amazing to me, I was like, how, how could you just walk down the street and not notice any of this stuff? <laughs> and I think now I'm at the point where it's the same thing. as where, you know, crazy stuff is going on all around you. And you just go, oh, I got to get to work. I can't be. Yeah, <laughs> worrying yeah. about this stuff, you know. I got yeah. places to be, mm. so yeah. And so like I said that's it got it got into my my psyche and my thinking, and was trying to figure out and meeting people, you know, people here and talking to people and got, uh-huh. got laid off and it's like okay, well, I was given a really good severance package, even though I had only worked for maybe a year and a half or two years from these guys, enough to become debt free. Mm. First time I'm debt free since I was 18 years old. Wow. What do you want to do with your life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I could go back and do an IT job. No, that was... It was bad in a sense that it gave me the impression that if you're in IT, it's a thankless job. Either they are they don't care about you because their equipment works, or you're the face of their anger because it doesn't. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so I was like, why do I want to go back to that? That's awful. I did. IT was my major, my first Really? Major. All right, right. So you... I, I hate it. Up until that time, I did one year of IT, and after that, I, I never used it anymore. Yeah. So. And, like, uh, I was using Windows 2000. Yeah, yeah. was my last sort of operating system, and that's not non-existent now. Right, so, right. <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm very glad that everything that I knew, I've forgotten. Yeah. There might be a couple of DOS commands I might still remember back there somewhere, but other than that, nothing. And now the, they see this to my resume. Oh, you're IT major, and it's like, yeah. you want to you want to help IT, and it's like, yeah. no, no, I don't. No, I don't want anything to do with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Get uh, get get some some hotshot twenty one year old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, yeah, you made the decision in two thousand and fifteen well, to come I over here. Didn't make the decision right away. I first first thing I did was I went down to the unemployment office and applied for. I paid Social into the security. system, give me some money back, you know. And, and so give me some time to make a decision. It, was, it wasn't was a lot of money, but it was enough to carry me. And, uh, you know, I, took, I said, I'm going to take a couple months off and try and figure out what to do. Well, I was keeping contact with one of my Chinese friends here that I made when I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, why don't you come come here and, and try to teach English? I said, I know somebody at a school here, uh, English Training Center, and, you know, Contacted them, sent some information over, and said, yeah, yeah, if you want to come, why not? You know, that was in the Wild West days where you just needed a, a degree <laughs> and didn't really need any teaching qualifications. No. So came and 
I mean, it developed it. I, I got a philosophy of, okay, well, if I'm going to teach, what do you, how would you teach? I said, well, who were the teachers that you liked? Imitate them. So I had a history teacher that I liked. I had a couple other teachers who were said, be friendly, be open, and, exactly, and, and just communicate. Now I, was te- I wasn't teaching kids. I was teaching adults. So mm-hmm. it was easier for me to relate to them. And, Even still. Yeah. So I have the same philosophy. I still have it today, mm-hmm. uh, teaching. What would, what would I like if I was the kid sitting down yeah. in my class? What teacher would I like? Yeah, definitely and avoid I, the ones that you didn't like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, I, and I try and do mm-hmm. be that person that yeah. I would like to then I would like the teacher to be. So right. and I made again through this job made some amazing friends that I still have because I don't work I didn't work for that training center. I think I worked for them for three years. And uh, now, how difficult was it to to get here in the first stage, like with um, a visa and wasn't it, well. Get a get a tourist visa, <laughs> come here, and then uh, the they old will way. right the old school right, and they'll switch it around for you. And then also there was the the good old days where you had to do a Hong Kong visa run. You know, hey, what are you gonna do? Well, you go to Hong Kong for for twenty four hour forty eight hours, get a visa. Well, how about if I'm gonna go for a couple of days? How about that? Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, come back and get then apply for the the work visa. I think. Last year was the first time that they stopped that. Yeah. 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 I, well, I, I did, when I went, started to work for Pearl, I had to do that. I think it was because I was getting off of one multi-entry yes. Z work visa, and I was like, oh, well, for sure, you got to leave. Hmm. Okay, well, where's the cheapest, closest place? <laughs> I did Macau. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was so obvious, but the, most of the plane got off, <laughs> they were foreign people, and they slept in the in the hotel uh, in the airport. Right. Got the first first flight, flight back back to Shanghai. Early in the morning, it was like five thirty in the morning. Yeah. And they just didn't even work. They just went bang bang, yeah. go. Yeah, it's, and it's like I just want to I'm worried the first time. It's like oh, what yeah. if I get caught? Like, right, right. Yeah, I just wanted to relax, and I, I thank goodness I found. Back then, I found a hotel that. Uh, I actually walked over to the concierge and said, hey, I need to get my, my visa renewed. Can you, do you have any information? Where, where do I got to go? Oh, really? She makes a call. Yeah, um, you know, we'll take care of it for you. It'll, it'll cost us money. Just, it'll, it'll take 24 hours to do. Hmm. You know, go and enjoy yourself. Wow. Okay, fair enough. You know. So coming back, did it take you, uh, coming back to Shanghai, mm-hmm. did it take you any time to sort of adjust to, to moving here? Or was it? Yeah, I mean, it was... Language I had, barrier and uh, of course. Well, yeah. the 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 first thing I did stay with, I stayed with my friend Kitty Sue's uh, relatives, right? Uh, cousins, or and they were. This was back when there was really no subway system here. There was when I got here, there was three and a half subway systems. Right. So it was line one, line two, line three, which uh, went its way, and line four only went halfway. It wasn't a complete circuit. Oh wow. <laughs> So I was staying out in Yangpu and working in Shujiahui. Mm. Take a bus to a to, to People Square and then get on the subway. It was like a almost an hour and twenty minute commute, you know. Brutal. So I said, okay, well, I want I'd like to find an apartment, you know. And they said, well, okay, we, we don't want you to stay at our house anymore. So they yeah. wanted. I, st- I lived with them for about a month, and they found me a place. 
on the uh, oddly enough, I'm still in the same apartment. I didn't leave. Right. Yeah, yeah. I found a, an amazing landlord, and it was dirt cheap when I moved in for the location I'm at. Mm. It was 20 minute walking distance to work. It's like I'm far enough away from work where I'm away from work, but I'm yes. close enough where I don't have to you know wake up too early to get there. And uh, yeah, it was language barrier and in being here in I got here in August of 2005. Uh, now the funny thing about that is during the whole summer when I was back in Chicago, I had friends who were in IT sales. They worked for like Samsung and different computer companies. And if you work in sales, you get free tickets for stuff. So, they, you know, they go to their clients and say, hey, yeah, great, good to see you. I got some baseball tickets. Do you want them? Yeah, yeah. They're for the White Sox. Oh, no, no. They want Cubs tickets. They want to go watch uh, the Cubs. So, and I'd get a call. Hey, Mark, I got two uh, Sox tickets for tonight. Do you want them? I'm not doing anything. I don't have work tomorrow. Yeah, give me them. Yeah. I saw like 25 games that summer. Wow. Because they were just kept throwing me their tickets, for, and they were free. Yeah. So, I got a chance to see a lot of the 2005 team. Wow. I made a decision. I, I, well, there's my, my very, very good friend, Greg Cohn. He and I were, we, he introduced me to the interesting aspects of going to watch the Cubs, which is basically going and drinking. <laughs> uh, went to ball game. We were drinking. We had some beer. We sat on an, another friend's front porch of her house. And so he says, what are you going to do? I said, well, I was thinking about going to China. And he says, you know, you should do it. I'm like, why? Because if you don't do it, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. Mm. Like, that was when the decision was made. And so then within about a month and a half later, I was here. Mm. That whole time during July, yeah, the White Sox look really good. Are they going? To, what do you think they're going to do? I said, they're, they're going to win. They're going to win it all. They're going to win the damn World Series. Why? Because I'm not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I made the decision to leave. Yeah. And sure enough, in October 2005, they swept the Astros and won the World Series. Um, I did watch replays on... on oh, no. I, I had the MLB package on my laptop. Right. And I was watching the games live. And I, I watched... They did the ALDS, the Division Series, against the Red Sox. Red Sox had won the World Series in 2004. So yes. they, and they were the heavy favorite. Here come my little upstart White Sox. Usually with Chicago teams, there's the build-up, 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 and then the great unraveling. This is where it all goes wrong. Middle of the game, bases loaded, nobody out. I think it was game three of the series. and Or no, game two, I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly. But here's here it comes. This is where you know the Red Sox are going to put up five and... Goodbye, we'll see you next year or whatever. Mm. Ozzie Guillen, his manager, kept uh, uh, El Duque Hernandez on, oh, on, yeah. the, uh, on the roster. Comes in, gets the first guy to pop out. Strikes out the next, and so it's like, you know, I'm watching the game live. Yeah. So it's, you know, like maybe, I don't know, whatever time in the morning, because it was like, and like, jump up, I'm like, oh my God. Second out happens. Getting more hyped up. They got the third out, and I'm literally screaming and jumping and up and down and spinning <laughs> in my apartment. And, then, and that was the time I was like, these guys are going to win it all. Yeah. It's this, this, the, that shoe is not going to drop. 
And sure enough, they went and played the Angels, five, four complete games in the wow. against the Angels, swept the Astros. And, in the so, World Series. Yeah, in the World Series, yeah. That doesn't happen very often. No, either. no, 11 and 1 in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. Wire to wire, first place. Language barrier was tough. Um, uh, not taking, but I, I bought like, you know, a book on tape of basic Chinese. Mm. Even before, when I was coming here on vacation, I wanted to learn, thank you, you're welcome, please, you know, and maybe my numbers and that. And just, that's all I knew when I got off the plane here. Right. You know, and just kind of studied and built up a little bit more. My my Chinese is still enough for Shanghai. Yes. <laughs> but not for anywhere else. Well, it's so multicultural now. I guess yeah. people don't understand that right. whole, whole multicultural here and... Yeah. Biggest city in the sure. in the world now. Like, Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as last time I saw, I think China's got four of the top ten. Sure. Artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mex- Joe, I think like Mexico Beijing, City's in there, and, Mexico and City, Tokyo, and São Paulo, yeah, Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand five. I'm here. I'm working as an English teacher. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Train English training center. Then when did you start start playing music again here? Okay, well. Um, again, I said it was about a 20-minute walk from my apartment to Xu uh, Jiahui, and I'd walk across uh, Jiao Tong University, which yeah. is right over there. Yeah. And uh, I saw a, a sign for a bar that was going to be opening up called the Koala Bar. Koala. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. That's still here? Yeah, it's still there. Mm. I was like, wow, okay, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a, 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 a watering hole in between work and home. Yeah. So I finished work. You know, we For adult training centers, we... Our last class ended at nine o'clock, and the next one didn't start the next day till one. So right. okay, I can go and spin into Koala Bar, have a couple of beers, go home, or you know get some dinner there, and yeah. got to know the owner a little bit. And I said, hey, you know, how about on Thursday nights? Because I brought a guitar with me. I said, how about like Thursday nights? I'll play for beer and a sandwich, or a beer and a burger, or whatever. Right. And I'll do like two sets just to kind of keep my chops up. And she said, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. And I ended up playing there Thursday nights. I think I did a New Year's Eve there one night. Met, again, networking, meeting people. And got to know uh, one of the other fellow teachers, and he and I formed a little duo and started playing at Bubba's Texas Barbecue. Oh. Home channel. And I think that's still there too, right? Oh. He's still, uh, Ken, Bubba is still running a restaurant in Shanghai, but now it's in Jing'an. Oh, right, okay. The one out in Hongqiao that was sort of a, the, the bastion of American culture in Shanghai right. um, was out there, I think, 2004, 2005 until maybe five or six years ago. Um, but he started, he wanted to do some Texas traditions mm. here also, and he started uh, the Shanghai chili, chili cook-off. Right. And it was going to be you know, annual and get... Uh, either amateurs or chefs from restaurants to cook up some chili and they'll, you know, play live music, have have tequila, have drinks, and let's eat chili and have a good time on a Sunday afternoon. Right. Played the first one, played the second, and each one kind of get a little bigger, a little bigger. So first time we played just acoustic duo. Next year it's like, hey, I want to do it bigger. So we got a band, and then got a little bigger band, and then the chili con- uh, contest moved to another place. It got a little bigger and bigger. So, so that was fun. And again, meeting more musicians and meeting people. Yes. But it was a, a, a rough, drunk afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so you started doing that. Did you end up 
performing a band there, or um, was it just like just you just like playing some songs? I think or? we just did a we would do a pickup band for for the the chili contest. I don't think we did anything. Well, this guy Chris and I would do weekends above Saturday, Friday, Saturday, right for the locals. But then we do a pickup band for the any bigger events that he had. So he had a barbecue contest then too, and then uh, that segued into meeting other players, and then when he moved the barbecue contest to a bigger place. Then I, I started a band, a four-continent band. We had a British drummer, or it's an English drummer, Australian guitar player, Japanese bass player, and me. Right. And we called ourselves Free Love Armada. <laughs> and we were doing, I said, you know, I want to do, you guys are great players. I want to do complicated songs. Mm. So we do War Pigs by Black Sabbath, and we did Working Man by Rush, and we First time in a band we did Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Right. And like, hey, let's keep doing these ten minute songs. Let's let's see how many, how little amount of songs can we do in a forty five minute set? And I think we got it down to four. Or we did, you know, four songs, four songs in a forty five minute set. Right. And so, and I was primarily lead singer. I did a little if a song called for acoustic guitar. I'd play acoustic guitar, but we, yeah. we were doing you know Zeppelin, Stones, you know. Mm. Real aggressive classic rock, and they were a great band. But uh, Yusuke, the bass player, decided to move back to Japan. Uh, then eventually, guitar player, he moved back to Australia. Yeah, it was, but it was great. That was one of the funnest bands that I was in here. Right. Yeah. And then it says that you started doing small tribute shows. So it was, yeah, this was the same band, or well, okay, there was there was there used to be a pub in Shanghai called Oscars. Right. And it was on Fuxing Road and Baoqing Road, which is near Huaihai Road. Right. I had a little area over there. To get to meet people, they had a, their, their famous Wednesday open mic night. Um. Hosted by my friend Paul Meredith and these two musicians from Inner Mongolia named Tom and Jerry. <laughs> and they, it was, you know, it's like a, like a hootenanny. Everybody, you know, regulars sort of would come in and play their their songs hey this guy's gonna do this uh, devil is a friend of mine by Grateful Dead this guy's gonna mm. do this this guy's gonna do this song this guy and I'd start going every week but I would use it as I'd learn a song at home practice it a few times and say okay I want to see if this song works in a pub setting right so I'd learn uh, ridiculous stuff I tried to learn an acoustic version of the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway you know <laughs> so does can this work in this room and, yeah but I'd see these other guys always playing the same songs week after every Wednesday he's always going to play he's going to play that song so it's like hey you know what how can I push these guys to learn new songs yeah I'll ask them to do tribute night got their email addresses here are 40 songs by the Rolling Stones everybody pick three to five we'll meet at this bar on this day we'll have beer we'll watch each other play and have fun and so yeah, it was kind of fun. Okay, let's do another one in another month. And we did John Lennon, and then we did. Uh, wow. It's always kind of been my dream to do a George Harrison birthday tribute because oh. also his birthday was the twenty fifth of February. Mine's the twenty first. So it's like oh, oh. Can, my birthday and his. We can yeah, yeah, have yeah. a good time. So we got to do one finally. And again, something like this. Okay, we got to get it exponentially bigger. So there was a bar in Shanghai that used to be called Beaties. Mm. owned by a guy by the name of Jeff Davis and said yeah let's do the tribute in my, room, my place he has drums we can have full full bands and not just acoustic duos so I said okay let's do the kinks 
a friend of mine said, hey, you're gonna, I heard you're going to do a tribute night. Can my alcohol um, company sponsor? We were, we're a rum company. Right. Yeah, sure. So they made posters for us. Ah. And then, so then I, asked, I was asking bands to play. So I, there, was, there was these guys in town called the Spondies. I asked them to play. Paul Brookbanks, who was the guitar player in Free Love Armada, had his own band called Stone Bones. Right. It's like, yeah, here's, we're going to do the kinks. Pick three to five kinks songs. We're going to show up. We're all going to play the kinks. We're going to have a blast. We're going to drink, have a good time. Did that. And it's like, okay, fun. What do you want to do now? Well, this is 2013. Let's do David Bowie. David Bowie would be a blast to yeah. do. And I know it would be interesting because nobody sounds like Bowie. Nobody can perform like Bowie. Yeah. Everybody's going to do it their own spin on his songs. I said, you guys can, we can, we, uh, here's 40 songs by Bowie. Everybody can pick their, their favorites. I'm doing Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite song. Nobody else can have it. Yeah. Everybody's, whatever his entire catalog, you guys do whatever. I'm playing Heroes. As you know, Heroes has that warbly guitar. So yes. I'm like, okay, how are we going to do that? So it'd be neat if we had violin. Oh. So um, through my friend Amy Hall, a piano player, Australian piano player who was in Shanghai, had a friend named Bailey, and she played amazing violin, right. world class. Uh, she actually, when Richard Marx had toured China, she was brought on to play in a quartet mm-hmm. with behind Richard Marx. So she's wow. you know again world class violin player. Mm. Asked her to learn. Heroes and an acoustic guitar, and I'm playing Heroes, and she's playing along with me. And, and when she started playing that riff, my knees buckled. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my!" And my hair stand up now thinking yeah. about it. So I was like, "Oh, this is what we're doing." So uh, I was playing with another friend at the time, another Australian guy named O.J. Ryan, and we had a little duo playing mix of Australian pop and and rock and roll songs. And we called ourselves Milk from Macau. <laughs> and we played, you know, played at Cotton's and a few other bars. And I said, okay, OJ, you're going to play with us and you're going to sing. Since he was a grunge rock fan, he wanted to play The Man Who Sold the World. Right. So, and then having that on violin, okay, perfect. So we did Heroes. We did, I wanted to do Five Years, which I thought would be kind of neat. And he was playing djembe and singing. Hmm. Uh, and then we had another guitar player playing with us, and Dave Benham on bass, and we did our little set, and we rehearsed it, and went really, really well, and playing Heroes in that kind of environment, and that feeling, is like, man, I just, I didn't want it to end, it was just such a groove, and being in such a great spot, and everybody's bouncing along with us, and playing a song, it was amazing, so I said, wow, this is really good, you know what, I, I wanted to capture this, and you know, so I said, "Let's let's do a live recording, live in the studio recording." So there was a this uh, French Canadian guy here named Max, who was a sound engineer, and he had a little studio close to where I lived. I said, "Let's do this. Let's record the band live, and then we'll do the vocals overdubbed." So got everybody home. We did the tracks, sent everybody home. Me and OJ sang, and then just made a real rough mix of it, make it sound as live as possible cool thing that came out of that OJ and Bailey started flirting oh and they got a little more serious a little more serious and they ended up getting married oh that's great <laughs> so really fantastic OJ very very great friend of mine and dear friend and Bailey is amazing they have two kids now 
when they got married, they invited all the family from Australia here, and they had a wedding at a party at one of the hotels, and I officiated the wedding. Amazing. <laughs> I, um, they're not religious at all, but I read, I, you know, had the vows and yes. you know, dressed in a nice suit for them and hosted and officiated their wedding. Wow. It was really, really sweet. Amazing. memory. Wow. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, so we did that. And, oh, another cool thing with the, the, the Bowie tribute show was, I was like, okay, well, let's not taking any money for this. This is all, everybody's donating their time. It's free. Yeah, yeah. But I want to do something nice. So I called up um, Roots and Shoots, if you know, you're familiar with it. The, they sponsor the Million Tree Project. Oh, wow. And they plant trees in Inner Mongolia. Oh, trying nice. to reclaim the Gobi Desert back um, for, you know, make it uh, gr- uh, grasslands and, mm, and forests again. Mm. So for, I believe, five RMB per tree, they'll plant one in your name. Oh, um, nice. 125 tree forest with my name on it because ah. <laughs> we collected that much for Roots and Shoots. Mm. They sent me, I got, I got the certificate and everything, so another, nice. another pat on the back for her. So, yeah, so we did that and that was... That was the tribute shows. And we did one more. The last one we did, uh, island-themed bar. They did, like, Jamaican jerk chicken. and oh. uh, It was a great live house, but it just it was in a bad location. But I asked them if could we do our tribute. And we did one-hit wonder bands. Right. And, of course, you know, everybody's... I said, you know, choose a one-hit wonder, but I'm filtering what it is because Jimi Hendrix had one hit. But he's not a one-hit wonder, yes. <laughs> you know. So you can't do a set of Jimi Hendrix songs. There's got to be songs that legitimately these guys were flash in the pan. Yeah. And again, yeah, we did. So one of the bands did My Sharona, which yes. you know. So it was a great night, but it was we had nine nine acts. That was too many because <laughs> I was hosting. the The big memory for me that night was my friend Joe Young, who's a local Shanghai player. Uh, amazing artist, uh, does does visual arts and rock and roll performer. He decided to do kung fu fighting. Oh, and he invited me and this other guy, to, uh, Dave Benham, the Australian bass player. We did the oohs and the ahs and the, uh, <laughs> the noises. You know, everybody was kung fu fighting. Ooh, yeah. you know? So that was a, a fun thing. But uh, I gotta tell you, uh, when we did the Rolling Stones night. He told me one of the most moving China stories I've ever heard from a Chinese musician. Yeah. He says, yeah, he said, well, no. he says, he's saying, thank you, Mark, for uh, inviting me to do the Rolling Stones show. He says, I'm going to, says, the Rolling Stones are a very special band to me. He says, okay, where's he going with this? He says, my uncle went to Hong Kong for a business trip and bought a bootleg tape of Sticky Fingers. Hmm. Brought it back into Shanghai. And like me with the Beatles single, you know, flipping them over and yeah, side to yeah, side, yeah. he says he did the same thing with Sticky Fingers. He listened to side one, flip it over, listen again, flip it over, listen again, flip it over. And he says, and that was really, really special because, you know, that was, you know, mm. probably back in the Probably. 70s or whatever when that stuff was kind of, you know, illegal. Yeah. Could have gotten big trouble for that. So, yeah, it was one of the moving, most moving stories wow. I've heard about music and culture and Rock and roll in Shanghai and China. Mm. The Cotton Club. Yeah, and, and yeah. Involved with this because like they, he was a part of the Cotton Club as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It seemed to be like well, that's the that was the place to go to to sort of well, I, network I, with. Yeah, but just go and hang out in Cotton Club. I didn't didn't 
really, I, I never, I think I played there on one of the open mic nights. I never really got yeah. involved with them. But just, you know, meeting the, the players there, meeting Denise Minenfield, who, you know, um, I just adore her. She's an amazing singer. Unfortunately, she had to leave Shanghai, and she's in America now. You know, during the, the exodus of mus- musicians during the beginning of COVID, she was on with them. She was the lead singer there, and then I get to meet, you know, meet Greg and uh, met Dave there, uh, the group of musicians from Cotton Club, and just networking with them, and they're amazing, and they still play her. Yeah. One of the things that... Okay, I told you about Oscars and Paul Meredith. Paul had actually then asked me to host some of the open mic nights. I got to be friends with him. We did that. And uh, after a, a, a while, one of his friends named Ruby, Ruby Sal, who uh, is still doing music promotion, she was doing tribute shows too. Mm. But she did a, a, she was doing it on a, a larger scale. Wow. She did it at... Um, uh, the mixing room in the Benz Arena, or she would do it in a, a theater in People's Square. Wow. But she would do, like, American R&B. And she would get Denise Minenfield and this guy, you know, Smokey, and uh, a few of the R&B musicians in town wow. to play and do a, a performance of, like, the history of R&B or the history of hip-hop. Yeah. And she said, you know, Paul, and she told Paul this, she said, Paul, I always wanted to do a history of country music. Uh-huh. Okay, so Paul said, okay, Mark, you host these tribute nights. Ruby gave me this task. Help me. <laughs> so he and I got together, and we put together a, a history of country music. Well, it's difficult because country has so many different subgenres. Yeah, that's true. So to do the history of it, we got to go back to, like, you know... Way back. Late, you know, early 1900s, yeah. and so we got we found two guys from Beijing uh, who were famous for hosting square dances. Mm. So we got them in, fiddle player and banjo player who can call square dances. And it's all of a sudden it's a spe- the band grew bigger and bigger and bigger. We had four male or four or five male singers. We had four female singers. We had. A drummer from Mauritius. We got a UK keyboard player. We had a guy playing pedal steel. This band was enormous. Yeah, it was an a, an amazing night of, of country music. I got to sing a half dozen songs in the show, but also MC. Right. And that was was one of the fun things. And again, making connections with people. I made connection with 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 Denise, and I made a connection with her stage name is Lulu Galore. Lulu Yeah, and she does burlesque in Shanghai, and she's a singer and does jazz uh, and we've done some work together since then uh, my friend Yuko Kishi I've done some shows with her one of the amazing things about being in that show was I was host and but they didn't want us to leave the stage because we wanted to keep the stage the songs moving quickly mm, mm, yeah. so they found me a barrel and that was my my station I had a bar stool and a big barrel so I'd put a beer on top of the barrel. I had my, my set list and my notes there on top of there. And when they needed me, I'd grab my microphone. I'd run out and give my little speech and go back to my barrel and sit there. So I could I was on stage seeing this amazing show. And uh-huh. We had Denise in the show, and Denise sang, You Were Always On My Mind. Mm-hmm. And she's such a powerful and amazing singer. And she had this hot band behind her. It, Tore it down. Yeah, it just literally get choked up and, and yeah. tell people, hey, you know, I'm not... You know, Pat my eyes, but there's genuine tears coming out of my eyes watching wow. this. So, so it was fun, and they gave me the honor of closing the show 
of, oh. of singing uh, Take Me Home Country Roads, oh, which is a huge song here in China, Yeah, oddly enough. And so I, I usually play that most shows I play here now, too, just because mm. of that. Yeah, like you said, it's still very popular. Oh, yeah, 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 it's huge. The kids must have it as well. They know the song as well. Yeah, it's oh. a weird thing. There's a, there's a half dozen songs. There's Hotel California, Country Roads, Edelweiss, and Yesterday Once More. Right. That are just huge. And like, you know, you're 16 years old. You shouldn't like these songs. Why? Why do you like Look, them? You know? Well, there was a kid that he's four years old and his English was not very good. Mm-hmm. But I just heard him singing. Country Road. Yeah. Take me home. West Virginia. And I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You're four years old. It's unbelievable, that song. Yeah. How much traction it has. And then when, when the Eagles were here, in whatever twenty seventeen or whatever, uh, yeah, I got tickets. I went to go see them. I, you know, not too many big shows come here. So, uh, and yeah, sure enough, they started playing Hotel California. And there was a teenage boy behind me who was singing at the top of his lungs. Yeah. Did you see Metallica here? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun show. Now they're my favorite band. Really? Yeah. That's, that's is it like ACDC and, but Metallica's your band like me? With no, G-Trick, no, no. Well, Metallica's number one. ACDC is number two. All right. I got can I, I got another kind of sure. inter- uh, country road story. Yeah. I was uh, teaching the VP of training for McDonald's Central Region. Wow. Yeah, it was a pretty big, big, uh, and you know, one on one. He needed to get his English ramped up, so we're just yeah. you know having a one on one course. And you know, you get to talking and say, "Yeah, I play music." No, oh, really, great. Well, we're gonna do a you know pat on the back for the crews at the different McDonald's stores one day at this bar. It used to be in Fushing Park called Park 97. So yeah, would you come and play, you know, a couple of your songs and the winner of McDonald's Idol singing contest. She wants to sing a couple songs. Mm. Can you learn, can you get together with her and learn how to play her songs and and do a little duet show with her Mm. and then do your show? I was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. So... We had to learn a McDonald's commercial. Okay, fine. That's great. And there was like uh, Any Man of Mine by Shania Twain and something else. Okay, great. I learned how to play those. Those are easy enough. And coming up the, the, the week of the, the, the event, the, the, wet, the Sichuan, Wenchuan earthquake happened. You know, it was amazing, you know, a horrific loss of life. And the entire country mourned, mourned this thing. So any entertainment or anything that was going to happen, you know, the country, the whole country is mourning this mm-hmm. disaster. Yes. Uh, the color printed newspapers, everything went black and white. All television went black and white. You know, it's, we're mourning. The whole country is mourning. Um, so okay, they decided then to change it from a congratulations party for the the McDonald's staff. It's still going to have a party. All the same people are going to be there. It's going to be a fundraiser. And the executives are going to be there now, and they're going to have an auction, mm-hmm. and you know we're going to raise money for this thing. Okay, so great. I show up with my guitar in my back, and I'm it's like, hey, okay, Wayne, I'm here. What's going on? Where do you want? When do you want me to play? He's going to have typical Chinese line. Have a rest, okay? I'll sit down, have a glass of wine, you have a little bit of food. Half hour goes by. Okay, Wayne, when do you want me to play? Oh no, don't worry. Have a rest. Have a rest. <laughs> okay. So then they, they put up a video screen, big video screen. They start handing out electric candles and electric heart, you know, glowing hearts mm. to everybody in the room. Lights go out, 
they start showing a slideshow of the destruction in Sichuan. Everybody's holding these candles. They're hugging each other. They're crying. Oh, they're, and then I can, I, I, my Chinese is not very good, but I did understand this one sentence. Wayne, Wayne is doing the, the presentation, the slideshow on the earthquake. And I remember him very solemnly saying, Woda mama, woda baba, zainali, wo bujidao. Where's my mother? Where's yes. my father? I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, and it's just the room is just heart struck and you can really feel the, the sadness in the room. Lights go on. Mark, you're on. Oh, what? What? <laughs> what? How? How? And uh, my mind is, well, what am I going to do? Oh my God, well, how am I going to... People, literally people are crying. bawling and crying yeah. their eyes out in this room. And I'm going to get up there and play my little songs. I'm like, yeah. what am I going to do? It's like, okay. Hey! Bingo, light goes on. Okay, at that time, there was uh, MSN Messenger. And everybody who had MSN Messenger had changed their name to I, Heart, and the Chinese flag. Right. You know, I love China. I love China. Mm. They handed out T-shirts that said, I love China on them. So, so I get up there and I say, okay. My very limited and very terrible Chinese. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. My name is Mark. I'm from America. But, well, I don't know what I thump my chest. And everybody's starting to get a little bit up. Okay. Okay. You know this. Help me, help me, help me. I get my put my hands above my head and I start clapping. Yeah. About a tempo like that. And I start to play country roads, you know. Ding, dong, ding, ding. Start singing the song. Gets to one of the final choruses, and out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody running towards me. And I kind of, you know, just jump back a little bit. Yeah. Guy grabs the microphone. Hmm. And starts singing the chorus. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. And, and I, I got pictures of this, the bruise. So I'm playing this. It's the president of McDonald's China. Wow. <laughs> so he and I are jamming along singing Country Roads and yeah. then whew, got out of that. But man, that was, <laughs> that was a rough one. Wow. <laughs> Talk about experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, you know, it's performance experience. So now I'm, I can play after disasters now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you meet Grant? Um, I, Grant I, I initially met Grant O. Grant O. At he was a photographer for one of the the Shanghai magazines. I can't remember which one. Uh, I don't know, City Light or whatever, it's a City Weekend or something. Um, but he was photographing the uh, the chili cook-off. Right. For Ed Bubba's. So that's kind of how I got. I I knew him and knew of him, and but just you know. Again, playing music in Shanghai, you, it's such a small community. You get to kind of know everybody. Right. And, you know, know everybody around town. If either, either know them or have played with them or know somebody who has played with them. Even even if they're Brazilian jazz musicians or whoever. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, my buddy plays keys with him. I know him. You know, I know this guy. So, yeah, that's how I met Grant. And uh, I was uh, working for an English trading center. And one day they gave me the the sad news that they can no longer sponsor my visa. Oh. But what was really amazing to me was Grant had actually asked me a couple months before that, hey, how would you think about coming and working for us and getting a visa from us? Mm. And 
like, wow, what perfect timing. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I like to say there's uh, there's no such thing as good luck. It's being ready when opportunity happens. Being there at the right time. Here we go. So say, hey, Grant, can you meet me for, let's go to Spectre's for some beers. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about this. And, you know, spit in our hands, shake hands, have a beer. And, you know, the rest is history. I'm, I'm working for the pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got to meet you for the very yeah. first time. Yeah. Uh, ACDC? Yeah, so yeah how, cool. I mean, were you doing that beforehand or did you have to go back and really learn these songs? Um, some of them I had been, I was playing back when they were new. You know, right. like Highway to Hell and Touch Too Much was um, playing in that original band back in the 80s, 81, you right. know, with those guys. Yeah, and, you know, remember doing Touch Too Much very clearly. So it was like, and also then hearing them over the years on classic rock radio, it's like, okay, yeah, just got to kind of learn the words and yeah. let's go. Because actually the first time that I saw you play, I never yeah. got to meet you that night, but I remember it was actually the full ACDC tribute show. Right, it was a whole night of yeah, ACDC. That, and that yeah, was, yeah, that yeah. was my first time at the pole. Right. And I, I saw it advertised and I was like, me and my buddy from, uh, from the US as well, we come on, we've got to go to this. Mm-hmm. It'd be amazing. And you have like a... Uh, you come out and did the, the Bond yeah. era. Yeah, I've got that timber for Bond, but it, yeah. I don't really have a Brian Johnson voice. And then the Brian Johnson guy come out and did, yeah, yeah. he dressed up with the hat. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that was uh, Roger. Roger yeah, Betty. he did the Brian. And then all of a sudden, uh, this girl, blonde girl, yeah, come out yeah. and was like, What's she going to do? Huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. And I was like, uh, Is this like an intermission or is this no, like no. a. And I was like, I think she sung TNT, and then mm-hmm. and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was caught! And I was like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. Okay! Yeah, yeah, she, so, she didn't wail. Casino is amazing. She and then, and then I, I think, she, like, the modern sort of, yeah. the modern sort of era. Yeah, she, was doing, she does a lot of the, 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 the Brian Johnson stuff. Yeah, it was Thunderstruck, yeah, yeah. and it was uh, Hell's Bills, or mm. Shook Me All at Long. Yeah, well, like oh, Shook Me All like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know she does that. Yeah, I was just blown away, and then you guys come out again and yeah. did some more, and and it's like my birthday's coming yeah. up, and I was like, uh, Grant said, "What what do you want to?" And I said, "I want that ACDC show back." <laughs> and he said, nice. "Well, Brian Johnson's gone back home." Right, right. And well, uh, I don't. And he said, "Never yeah. sells." And I was like, "Come on, you got to do it." Yeah, you come do it. on. For the sake of rock and roll. Yeah, you ain't saying you could <laughs> fill a sec, could you? Yeah, yeah. Well, and get Dave, Dave Boy up there and Yeah, up. well, I think what it's... One of the things that before Grant got the Red Stars, I, again, also put a, an arena rock tribute a couple nights on oh. at Pearl. All right. And, uh, so what are you involved in? I mean, you're just not involved with the ACDC tribute, no, I mean, but... Um, I'm involved, uh, I do a lot of opening shows for them, I do some of my, my original stuff, and, and uh, I noticed also that if I try to do a set of all originals, it doesn't work in that room, because the Pearl is a, a showroom, mm. it's not a live house, yes. it's, you know, it, and it's, it's a, an amazing showroom, but mm. you gotta kinda you know, cater your set to... People, people who are, are, are not necessarily, they're there for an event. They're not mm-hmm. there 
like if you go to jazz at Lincoln Center, that room is deathly silent to watch the band. Yeah. You know, nobody talks. They say, okay, it's watching music. Mm-hmm. If you're at the Pearl, Pearl, they're there to have a good time. It's the opposite. <laughs> so it's, they have drinks, they want to dance, they want to, you know, whoop it up and go crazy. So I cater my original or my, my solo acoustic sets to play known covers yeah. wedged in and put an original wedged between two. It's like an Oreo. You know, chocolate outside of My Girl and a song by Culture Club with one of my originals in between. Right. So yeah. they know these songs, but here's mine in the middle. We did a night of U2. Mm. We did it twice. And musically, this was uh, now with the Red Stars Band. And it was great. The bit we, I got out and I did uh, myself and Frank Bray were the, and Katsina doing uh, a night of U2. And it was like, okay. Internationally famous band, tons of, of North Americans and Europeans here. Advertise it well. We should have a full room. The show didn't sell. Mm. Even though we, you know, again another favorite music memory was I got to do I play acoustic guitar and do one the song one by you two, and here's the Red Star band behind me. I'm playing acoustic with them and singing. You know. Is it getting better? Yeah. They turn on the mirror ball. The room is black. The mirror ball spinning. Everybody's singing along with me in the room. It's about a hundred people, maybe. Again, yeah. What an, another amazing musical memory to be getting that back, that feedback back from the yeah. people in the room. Yeah. Very, very cool. But it didn't sell. I'd, I'd love to do it again, but it, it's not going to work. One uh, of the one of the yeah. sorry, sorry one of the ones that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I know you're very passionate about it too, and I thought it was an amazing show. Yeah, uh, Pink Floyd. Yes, Pink Floyd tribute. Yeah, yeah tell yeah, us about yeah. this. Well, um, we had wanted to do that for some time, and it had actually been planned for March of 2020. Right, it was be the first time we were going to wow. do it. You're like, yeah, yeah, like, okay, get ready for this. We're going to do it. It's going to be a night of Pink Floyd. Mm. And actually, I'm kind of glad we waited. Because that got us uh, to... Got your chops on, really. Well, for the Pearl to kind of get the visual end of it. Oh, yeah. Together. Yeah. Because they, they were using... There's there's a... Uh, at the Pearl Theater, above the stage, there's a, a... Like a lot of theaters, there's a giant blank white space above the arch of the stage. Mm. And for shows in the past... They would use a video projector and project like just the name of the band. Upcoming, upcoming. Or during the breaks, they'd have the list of what's coming up. Yes. Okay, well, it's gotten to be a little more sophisticated. Now they've incorporated computer graphics and video and visuals. Mm. And Vlad, the, the AV guy there, found video clips and worked rehearsed with the band for Pink Floyd to make sure that we got stuff that was synced up visually with movies with the audio i was we, we put together a, a, a we thought a, co- a comprehensive list i should say Gilles, the drummer um he did a really cool thing he um he looked at european asia and north american websites of what are the top 10 favorite pink floyd songs and went through those lists and said okay every list has this song Every list has this song. Two of the lists has this song. Right. Okay. If one of the, only one had it, so no, we're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. So that's how we kind of compiled the list. And uh, I was a little apprehensive. I was like, hey, we're missing this one. We're missing this one. He goes, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Just yeah. 
So, you know, got my vocal assignments, learned my vocal assignments, and showed up and said, okay, but we need you to play acoustic guitar, too. I said, okay. Mm. So then I had to, I had to learn do, um, uh, dogs on acoustic guitar. Well, okay. Never played that song before. Okay, listened to it, went to YouTube, found, you know, lesson videos. Oh, it's detuned. That's how it does it. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. But I also have to use that same six string for Pigs on the Wing. Okay, how am I going to do this? Okay, oh, well, I can keep it detuned, but then I can capo. And it'll be, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, and yes. that, and I own a 12 string Godin guitar. Famously, Wish You Were Here, the intro is played on 12 string. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, well, I got to do <laughs> Wish You Were Here on, on, tw- on the 12. So. Yeah, it was neat. It was a neat show to do, and I was really excited and happy to do it, and really pleased at how receptive people were. Incredible amount of young Chinese people coming to see this show, too, which was great. And, yeah, because I would think of some of the bands that I would like Mm -hmm. to see, Green Day, Foo Fighters, Metallica, and they're not there yet. Right. Well, I think when they, the Red Stars do a, a, a 90s night, they might... They do a 90s night. Yeah, 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 they do those songs, yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that uh, I've been trying to push for Metallica. But because the Lincoln Park does so well. Right, that's well, what I'm thinking too. If Lincoln Park does well, well then... Uh, Lincoln Park! Lil uh, Lil! Uh, <laughs> and, and he's like... I didn't even know it was a band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, thought yeah. it was, he thought it was a, right. a, a shirt design, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's... So yeah, so that's why Lincoln Park goes over really well here because it's mm. they're very well known band. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, most Chinese people will know "Wish You Were Here" by Pink mm. Floyd. They'll know another Brick in the Wall Part Two. Money? Uh, not really money. Huh? No, no. Oh. But what what was really amazing to me, and it's now when do the the song with the Red Star Band. When we do Shine On You Crazy Diamond, mm. there's that really, really long intro of the guitar solo with uh, Alex and then the keyboard player that they, they augment the band with. Yeah, yeah. He plays and they play that really, really long intro. And then there's the, the guitar riff. Dun, 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 right? And people gasp when because it's a recognition. They know that riff. Right. And it's like, okay, that first night we did it on the Thursday, okay, that's pretty weird. Happened again the second, now, now I say, okay, you guys just wait, this is coming, this is yeah, coming, yeah, yeah. you wait, and then it happens, everybody gasps, and they know the song, and yeah, so very, very cool. And then also having uh, Shin Lu come out and do the, the sax solo at the end mm-hmm. to kind of close the night is always really amazing. Yes, yeah, right. You know, she's you know, a little smaller than me, so I tried to sort of obscure her as she came walking out behind me, and the, the line builds up, you know, da, 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 and shine, and I turn and hold out my hand, and then she, she was behind me starting the sax solo. Right. Bit, try to do some showmanship, I guess. You know. Have you done some Van Hale? Have you done some Van Hale? Yeah, well, I, when the... they do now ACDC, Led Zeppelin, and the Monsters of Rock. Oh, the Monsters of Rock. Right, right, right. Because, yeah. well, that was initially, um, when I did the Arena Rock Band nights, we would call it Monsters of Rock. And uh, 
our band name was Rockasaurus Rex, <laughs> and we even got T-shirts made up. And, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was it was fun again, and, and uh, getting to uh, my friend Lulu to uh, sing a couple of songs in there, and this other um, uh, amazing up and coming. She's going to be really famous someday. Moses, who does Thursday nights at Chair Club, mm. had her singing uh, "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" and right. uh, "Magic Man" by Heart. So we did a lot of really good songs with that. But again, that show didn't sell, so Grant didn't want to do it anymore. But then he got Red Star, so. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you have coming up at the Pope? Uh, I don't currently have anything scheduled. I know that the Red Stars are going to go on a much-deserved break during uh, Chinese national holiday. Hmm. Uh, but I think probably something in December. I know they'll have Christmas coming up. And they they have a French Christmas market usually, and I'll go and play play for that. They're gonna do Pink Floyd again? Or? I don't think that's gonna happen again this year. I don't. Okay. I don't anticipate it. Just with the way they have to schedule shows so much in advance. Yeah, right. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not busy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I was telling you, I was doing the voiceover stuff, and I got yes. involved in every ten days or so. I get called to do a voice for a video game. Huh. Being around microphones and and also being. Uh, uh, I think being a singer, you can kind of really manipulate your voice a yeah. little bit. So, like, you know, if I want to sound like Bon Scott, I can sound like Bon Scott, but then I can push it a little more and sound like a monster, you know? Right. <laughs> or I can push my voice down deeper and growl. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of that stuff. And in the midsummer, they the, the, the studio that I go to to do the voiceover asked me to record a couple of vocals for some kids' songs, some... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, out of copyright, you know, public domain yeah. songs like, you know, uh, changed lyrics to When Johnny Comes Marching Home or Auld Lang Syne or something like that, but now with kids' yeah. lyrics. It's like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm, I can sing it, I'll get paid for it, no problem. Well, then the people who were the client saw me and said, okay, well, would you mind auditioning for the live portion of it? Because we're going to do... Uh, uh, the song and then a video segment to go along with the song. I'm like, okay, yeah, so I auditioned. I didn't think anything would come of it. They called me up and said, "Yeah, we want you." I'm like, really? Okay. So it, it's pushing me out of my comfort zone. That's good, but I had been fitted for a costume. Oh wow! I I get to be Mark in the video series. <laughs> uh, we did a, a story about a donkey named Tingaleo. We did a story about two elephants dancing on a spider web. Oh. And I got called to a, 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 a full-on movie studio, production studio, oh. in uh, Jinchow, uh, in the Shanghai suburbs. Thank goodness I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, they sent me some videos. I had to learn a couple of, of dances. So I had to do a synchronized dance with a, a, a child actor. Okay. Like I said, you, you know, learn these dance moves. We rehearse the dance moves, the, the, the child actor and I, and show up on, on time at 9 o'clock at this, this studio for hair and makeup. No. <laughs> okay. As I'm walking into the facility, I'm saying, okay, well, here's a subway car, and here's a train car. And I'm like, these are like full-on movie sets. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm way in over my head. I come walking in and there's a uh, a camper and real grass and full on spotlights and like 25 people running around and you know uh, 
I got a, a makeup girl following me around the, the whole day, and I'm, I'm doing these dances, and it took a long time to do, but we, we got through them, and um, yesterday I just rehearsed for six more songs. We're going to go, wow. gonna go ne- next weekend and do another set on this video series. The only thing I, I can describe it like, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's for very small children, under three, to learn English. Right. And uh, they're going to be like, like Sesame Street segments. You know, like something like that. Because there's a um, a tiger puppet, or a tiger, not a puppet, he's not a puppet, he's real, <laughs> uh, uh, named Chow, Chow Hu. Right. And he's a clever little tiger, and uh, he's my co-actor. So, so it's Sally, the little girl, and Chow Hu and me, and we're on adventures doing these songs. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So it's another aspect of entertainment. So I've... Is there a release date? Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. Okay. I've done these tribute shows. I've done my solo acoustic shows. I've got a, an album I put out. And yeah. I've uh, with Lulu. I've hosted a burlesque show, and her and I did a a, a, a video for her shows, and uh, just so many amazing opportunities here in July. So tell us now about uh, the <coughs> album. Yeah. Uh, where where can we find it? Uh, you can international. Well, okay, you can, it's it's on Apple Music. One of my friends in Australia found it, so it's on Apple Music Australia. Oh, I think, yeah. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on QQ Music. It's on Tencent. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, YouTube Music. It's all all over. Right. Right. I have not had physical copies made yet. So if you want to download it, you can. Please do. Uh, stream it. Listen to it. Um, I'm getting... Uh, I found a place that will make USB business card-sized mm. USB drives. Yes. <laughs> so I can put the, the, the cover art on one side. You know, another side, and I'll put the tunes on there on a USB drive, and I'll be selling those at shows. That's such a cool idea. Yeah. I so. love that idea. I saw that uh, a couple <clears throat> months ago, and I was like... Mm. I'm still better. Yeah, so that way I don't have to carry CDs around with me. Yeah. I can carry like you know, 25 in a backpack and say, hey, here's my album. And Will it be on vinyl? I don't know. I just, I, I heard about a company in my hometown recently. I was listening to another podcast from some guys in Chicago. Uh, it's called the No Wristbands Podcast. <laughs> Had a guy on there who does vinyl. So mm-hmm. if I get a if I get a chance to go back home, I'm going to definitely look yeah, into it there. It's, it's short run, like maybe 200 copies. So... It's because I don't know a lot of people who own record players anymore. Yeah, so, yeah. but it might be nice to have. You know. Yeah, definitely. Social medias. Where can we get in contact with you? You can get in contact with me. I'm on. I'm on WeChat. Uh, you can go to Mark Wangaluski on Facebook. Um, I have Mark Wangaluski on YouTube. Um, you're gonna have to check the spelling when the podcast comes out because uh, I usually in China I go by Mark W because I have an eleven letter Polish last name. Yes, that uh, my family doesn't wouldn't want me to change. So, yes, you know it's it's a it's it's a blessing and a curse. So I go by Mark W in China, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, firstly, is what would you say to uh, like an inspiring musician? that wants to uh, start a career in music from your experience. Okay, um, be open-minded. You may have a genre of music you love and you want to play that. Learn your music theory and play music. Get out and perform. Get out and play. The only way you get better is by doing it and playing. And you'll notice that 
you might play with a group of people and you might be a little better than them. So, you know, it's time to go find some better guys to play with. Yes. And then once you finally get maybe to a point where you're very, very comfortable, then you can kind of maybe start incorporating what you enjoy to do, what you love to do. But get out there and play. Get out there and, and, and do it in any kind of genre. You know, um, I actually had a, a, this question posed to me a long time ago was, do you want to make records or do you want to make albums? Mm. And my thought was, let's make records, make money to make albums. Yeah. You know, let's make some stuff that people will buy, and then when they're familiar with it, then I can be creative. Yes. Agreed. I'll ask a couple of questions. Yeah. And then you just ask me, uh, you give me a top three or four as of today. So are you ready, Mark? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So the first one is, so I want you to tell me your top three. Three or four favorite musicians, uh, bands, bands of all mm. time. Of all time. Well, okay, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, there's the Beatles. So put those guys over there. Yes. Uh, Cheap Trick. Um, seen them over a hundred times live. One of the thing, one of the things I like to tell people is, the Beatles taught me how to sing. Cheap Trick taught me how to be a singer. Right. You know. So Robin Zander, amazing voice, still going, still blasting it out. I love Crowded House. And Neil Finn. I think he's an amazing songwriter, can come up with amazing melodies and amazing things like that. I like a lot of classic rock stuff, so oddly enough, you've got Beatles and Cheap Trick and Crowded House. Those are very concise songs. I love prog rock. I like ELP. I like Genesis. I like you know Pink Floyd and, and Rush and bands like that that are, you know... I'm not necessarily a jam band fan, but I like... Musicians who write songs that kind of go somewhere, like Yes, another band, of amazing players. Right. Maybe your top two or three male vocal, and right. maybe your top two or three female. Okay, um, if I wanted to be model myself, or if I the voices I wish I had, mm-hmm. um, Robin Zander, Cheap Trick, he can scream, he can sing tender love ballads. Sam Cooke, Sam Cooke's notes are absolutely pure. Mm-hmm. He's he's like Ella Fitzgerald as far as. She's going to be on my other list. Of notes that you, singer can hit, and that note is dead center every time. There's another singer in the band called the Mavericks. <clears throat> Excuse me, an American country band. Um, his name is Raul Malo. The guy has an unbelievable range, unbelievable sound, very rich, and, and incredible. Incredible vocals. Go check him out. Uh, female singers. Uh, I always liked Amy Mann from Till Tuesday. She has this lilting, wispy sort of voice, but she's got such amazing songs and uh, thought-provoking lyrics that she sings. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald, again, just because she gives me chills when I hear her sing. Nina Simone. uh, Ann Wilson from Heart. Those probably my my go-to vocalists for girl singers. Very, very uh, different range. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I like it. Mm. Uh, albums. Top Album. three or four. All Top time. three all-time albums. You said the White Album? The White Album. Yeah, yes. there's Moving Pictures by Rush. Fragile by Yes. i got to put two by Cheap Trick on there because it's hard to, to choose just one. But In Color, which is their second album, and Heaven Tonight, which was... The first album that I was aware of by them. Right. Uh, moving to sports. Yeah. Obviously, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. It's all White Sox right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I got maybe no no room for anything else. Yeah. 
I, I do like the Houston Astros. Uh, oh, kind of follow them a little bit. Um, After you beat them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was always an American League guy, so I like the California right. Angels. Um, and uh, Nolan Ryan, was that? Yeah, Nolan Ryan and now um, Otani, who's... A, the, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I've kind of fallen off American football. I'm not, I'm not really a fan of that mm. anymore. Uh, it was fun to go and watch the uh, uh, was it State of Origin with you guys. Oh, yeah. A, few, a couple months back. That was a fun afternoon out. That's different for you? Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand it, but you can kind of... After you watch it a little bit, you can kind of, yeah, kind of you, you get the gist. Uh, last question. Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero? Oh, wow. Um... Good question. I, I uh, again, I, I'm going to bring up Denise because I I'd seen her yeah. perform to five people and a thousand people, and she is the same performer. Right, and that's amazing and inspiring. Um, I've got uh, again my friend Yuko, who's a, a singer. Who's when she's on stage, she gets lost in herself, and is an amazing performer. I can say my mom. My mom inspires me yes. because of her strength and what she has had to endure in her life being a widow in the 60s mm. and then having to raise three boys Wow! <laughs> with the initial plan of her life was to be a housewife mm. so she had no edu- she had high school education no university level so she held it together, and we were never hungry. We had a house over our head. We had, uh, you know, uh, she had a car, a new car. And, and I'll tell you what, there's some, there's some cold winners in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So, so we had a nice home that we mm. grew up in. We had no problems. It was, you know, I was able to go to university. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, she's that's, very, very inspiring to me. I think that's a great way to finish off. Yeah, thanks. Talk about your mom. That's great. Still alive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's great. She'll be ninety at the end of September. Wow, mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah. that's inspiring. Yeah, right so I'm hoping the travel opens up so I can go see her. Yeah, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mark, a true inspiration. Waving the flag for Shanghai Music. Yeah. All the best with your new album. Thank you. Write me on music. Mm-hmm. Let me know when you're playing. All right. You know, hopefully you can come out to Australia and yeah. play play some shows there. Yeah. Well, thank, um, thanks I'm, for having me on this. I'm sure, this sure you will fit in very, very nicely. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on this uh, the podcast, and uh, I had, a, had a blast.